We really should have taped last night. That was my fault, though. Uh, you know, I told you I went to see David Letterman, and my next guest needs no introduction. He had uh, Charles Barkley. Chuck, I'd be there, too. I would I would have ghosted me, too, if I were you. I'm not even mad. What up, what up, what up? Jason Spuds in New York City. Brandon Adler coming to us from Gardenia, California today. Gardenia, California. What's happening? Not too much, baby. We out here. Gar- yeah, Gardena, Gard, yeah, Gard, yeah, whatever. It's next. Gardenia. Yeah, it's next to Compton. Uh, look, man, straight up, it was cool. You know, it's a great interview show, and had the opportunity to go, and it was one of those low key things. Like, you, they locked my phone up early, so I couldn't take no pics. It's in the middle. Of, it's like they had it deep down in the basement at Baruch College, in uh, in Gramercy. Like, it was real, some real like you would not know unless you knew kind of shit. But it should come out later. This year. It was interesting. It was interesting. I'll say this. When I watch the show, I always think David Letterman is such a great interviewer. I still think he does. That's one of his best things is he can do so many great interviews. And when it's a tough question, he can make it lighter by putting a little bit of comedy into it. Mm. But, you know, seeing I, I just want to see how it's edited because Chuck is a talker. Like, he'll just keep talking and not make yeah. no damn sense. So, like, I want to see how they edit it because does that match what I saw in person? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, he is a Sigma Chi from Ball State, so a, a brother of mine. So you know there's talent there. I'm, I'm trying to pitch you as a frat boy. I really am. Nothing about you. Good times. You, you don't give frat boy right now. I just picture you Ball with State. the white boy frat haircut. You know what I'm saying? Like every white boy, when they get to college, they grow their hair out just long enough so that it curls under the hat. And you no. was a baseball player too. I am picturing no. that. If you no. that, you want no real frat boy. Um, a guy that I lived with, uh, Tim Denton cut everybody's hair in our house and everybody got the same haircut. It was like the, basically like a Caesar everywhere. And then the front's just a little enough. So you have that little like Abercrombie and Fitch, like spike. The curl. Yeah. Like, you get the little flip up. Not the curl, like, not the curl. Just, yeah. The little spike. What you're talking about though, you're talking about the longer hair where it like curls under the hat and like yeah. comes out like a little mushroom, like boom, like nah, I didn't have that. But yeah, the, oh. it was early 2000s, so that NSYNC spike thing was really hidden for y'all. Sure. <laughs> I bet you, boy, when you found out some T-liners, you ain't know how to act. The minute you got that first shape up with some T-liners, well, that had to be transformational for you. Um, Sure. No, I don't know. I don't feel like I really like got like the good fades until probably around when we met. Hey, look. Bro. Before that, it was just like very clean and just, yeah, kind of like preppy. Uh, I do want to get to the sports news of the day because just within the last hour, Jim Harbaugh is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. You said he was going to go to Washington. What did you say he was going to go to Washington? I thought he'd go to Washington so yeah, he could no. make it easy on his parents. Well, you rich, man. Parents fly private. They fly in comfort. Yeah, but when you get older, flying, even if it's private, that shit ain't easy on that body. So, you know, I thought they, they fly try to make comfort, it easy on bro. He thought he'd go to Washington so the, fam- the parents can get a little house right there in Chevy Chase. And just drive up to Baltimore, drive down, to, uh, drive over to Landover and watch him play. That's why you thought Washington? Yep. Just for the yep. Harbaugh family? Yep. And because nah. I felt like nah. he's going to bring in a new quarterback. Like, he's going to the Chargers. Who knows how much he has faith in Herbert. I thought at least with Washington, it's like he can start the program over, put his footprint on it, imprint on it, whatever. That was the only reason. I mean, I put, up his stats. I put up his stats, right? He did four years in the National Football League with the San Francisco 49ers, 2011 through 2014. Overall record, 44-19. 
went to the Super Bowl back in the 2012 season with Cap, obviously losing to his brother John. But you take a look at the rankings, right? Offensively, he other than that last year, he was a top eight offense. Yeah, he overall offense ranking team ranks. Uh, yeah, he was a top four offense and points into that last season. Uh, takeaway giveaway ratio, he was top ten. Win percentage, top five. So they had success, success early, but it just didn't last. That last year they fell off a cliff, finishing eight and eight. But other than that, I mean, look, 13 and three, 11 and four, 12 and four, eight and eight. And he's going into a division which is competitive. He ain't yep. going to win the division. No way in hell he wins the division as long as Mahomes is in Kansas City. You say but that, it's but it's like year over year, they keep getting worse and worse on offense. And at a certain How are you going to say that when they play in an out. AFC championship game this weekend? How are you going to say that? Come on now. You're, you're not wrong, but it, it and I'm just me saying <laughs> shit that I end up usually being right about. We're going to say a year from now, you're going to be like, Brandon called it again. Unless they make some big moves in the offseason and start to restack this offense, they can't keep doing it. It's just not going to happen. They got lucky the Bills blew that game. So let's be let's be fair there. It's and not Bass that the Chiefs won that game. Bass missed the kick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not that the Chiefs, you know, same, we can say the same thing in a situation in the NFC, like, Packers probably could have won that game if they don't go for it on fourth down and kick the field goal earlier in the game. It's at least it's a tie ball game goes. I mean, so those are like two situations where I don't know if one team won as much as the other team lost. I'll say this: Justin Herbert has no more excuses. Brandon Staley gave us every reason to be like, ah, we could get on Justin, but let's get on Brandon first. Uh, you know what, Justin? We gonna come to you. Let's talk about this horrible decision by your head coach. Justin Herbert is now on the clock. Do you know where they're picking? No clue where they're picking. Five. Say that because they're they're getting a top tier receiver, so he really is going to have no excuses next year. He if, think Harrison is there. If they get he's if four. They, if, if, if Harrison's going Harrison, to Arizona. They probably get Odunze, my my guy out of Washington. Maybe Harrison's going top four. But there's no excuse for Justin Herbert now. You got Jim Harbaugh, and you are expected to compete for an AFC West title at the minimum. Consistently in the playoffs, wild card. But you're expected to be top four, top five AFC, period. No excuse right now. And he's got the check to prove it. Um, let's talk about the teams that are playing. Um, oh, yeah. Baltimore. I, I owe Jackson some credit. He did it. I feel like he's finally, like, he's playing that level of ball. Like, it wasn't a tight game. I'm still a little apprehensive how he's going to do in the fourth quarter if they're down by, like, three, four, seven points and he really has to make shit happen. But the fact that they're missing their number one target with their tight end, defense is amazing. Like, we're not talking about that defense nearly enough. But Baltimore, Detroit, that's where I'm going. I think that's what America wants to see. I'll be completely honest. If it's Baltimore, Detroit, I don't know anyone who wants to hate on that matchup. Kansas City, maybe we're we're, uh, reaching peak Mahomes fatigue. I don't know if America wants to see – segment of America, they want to see Taylor Swift all over the screen, but I don't know if oh the, my God. the people do. Over it. Um, Brock over Purdy, it. we will know the narrative will be he's good, bad. He's bad, good. That will be the whole Brock Purdy. He's a horrible, good quarterback. He's a good quarter. He's, you know, like that will be the Purdy narrative. So I don't know if you get that so much as the redemption of golf for a downtrodden city in Detroit, Baltimore and Lamar, what he means. Um, yeah, I can get down with a Baltimore, Detroit. I definitely could. Oh, uh, there's been a clip the resurfacing. 
That's I mean you can see I'm, Buffalo I'm all in with the I'm all in with the Ravens. Okay. Ravens flock, okay. fly. Okay. Um, there's an old clip surfacing from last year's hard knocks. It's about a minute and a half where Coach Dan Campbell's just like basically telling this team, like, you guys gotta trust me. Like, I'm gonna get us there. You gotta trust me, give me some time. I promise it's gonna make it happen. And you watch that and how powerful and impactful it was, and just think like that's 18 months ago. The transformation this team has made. Is there any sport where a head coach makes more impact on the final product that we see than the NFL? That's a good one. I mean, I think you saw it at points in the NBA with Phil Jackson obviously going to Lakers, Popovich, the emergency he had there in San Antonio, even Spo, right? Like what Spo's done for Miami. Baseball's different because the manager doesn't really do much. Not knocking managers no. baseball, but they're not there. Uh, hockey, I no. am not adept enough to really say it a lot. I mean, I think they instill an ethos for a team. I think Fair. the difference with NFL is like Andy Reid being a play caller, right? So, like, mm-hmm. how many people are that hands on in other sports? So, I mean, I, I can give you that. I, I think Dan Campbell is easy because of the persona he has to sit there and say he sounds like an idiot when he first came out, and now to say he sounds like a prophet. I am leery to give him too much credit. I like him. I've been saying it since last year. Go back to the tape. Last September, 2022, Pro Lions. Knew that they were going to get here. Been on it. Dan Campbell's great. Great coach. Um, agree with everything you said there. In all fairness, like not to take the debate there, but the three basketball coaches you just mentioned, every title they won was with like three basketball players that we argue are the greatest of all time. But I mean, straight up though, Straight up, though, just hear me out. Mid-players don't win championships. Like, let's go ahead and go ahead. It's not even on our rundown. Detroit tonight. Pistons? I ain't going to let you do that to me. To me, that's good coaching. That's good coaching. I am when not going to let you do that to me. That team? Tayshaun Prince. What? She, yeah, Alex. Chauncey Billups. Ben Wallace. Oh, I got you, got you. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, there, there's no. Rip Hamilton. Rip Hamilton. There's I mean, not, look, one, not, not one player in that group that was a top 75 basketball player of all time. I think Ben Wallace in the Hall of Fame now. He's in the Hall of Fame, but not one of those guys you just named. Phil Jackson, three top 75, four top 75 players. Are you going to knock Rudy Tavich with Akeem Olajuwon? Are you going to knock him? Nikola Jokic, we know he's going to be special. Great coaching. Um, I love Rudy T. Golden State with Steph. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, you bring an anomaly of the Detroit Pistons. Look at the last 30 years. If you don't have a top 20 player in NBA history, you ain't winning this century. You're right. Dr. J going back in 80, was 83 with the seven. Did you hear what I said? No, nah, I didn't hear it because I was too busy being I said, right. I said, you're right. Yeah, just I was too busy being right. those words every now and then because I don't know if you know how to say those words yourself. You, you doubled down. When I'm right, you're like, nah, you didn't say that shit. Hey, look, I'm about to tell you right now. Look, it's right about the LA Clippers. I wanted to hate. It was easy. And we're transitioning. We're sticking with the NBA conversation, y'all. Uh, LA Clippers last night defeated the LA Lakers. No Braun on the court for the Lakers. But the Clippers right now are fourth in the West, a game and a half back of the three-way tie for first. So they're a game and a half back of OKC, Minnesota, and Denver, who are all tied amongst uh, number one in the West. And the Clippers were such a lightning rod to start the season with the return, the emergence of Russ, James Harden being traded there. So many things. I was like, this team is never going to be anything. And Brandon Edler, you were right. So far. You happy? You happy? So so far. I mean, this team, I think we're all like sitting on pins and needles. Are they going to make it to May 
healthy. Yeah. And, and any any one of those guys, their their core four gets hurt. I don't know, man. I I just can't even see him getting out of the first round if they're missing one of those players. But yeah, dude. I mean, it's a no brainer. I I don't think anybody. I don't know if I'm right versus you're wrong or whatever. If you had a crystal ball and you're like all four of those guys are going to stay healthy, you would have said the same thing. I'm betting on them being healthy. That's a big bet. Well, for me, That's it's it. the That's fact all to it. that the offense is clicking because I just didn't think there was enough. Uh, there wasn't a, enough basketball for that. Russ coming off the bench. How would that work? And right now it's working well. Kawhi is in his zone. He kills the mid-range, but he's doing it so effortlessly. Paul George all over the court, literally all over the court getting buckets, playing great defense. James Harden being a facilitator but still hitting open threes. And Russ really pushing the pace of the second unit and still playing well with the starters. um, Russ, the way he has matured, the role he has taken on, there's not one basketball player like he could give a fuck less what I think about him, but I like I am proud of Russ. I'm proud of him. Okay. Russ okay, isn't being the Russ he's being right now. I don't think they're nearly as good as they are. No question. I get he's, no question. He, he, yeah. I'm really no proud question. of Russ. Like uh, uh, look, we gotta we gotta move it because we do have a lot to hit tonight. Uh, look, other basketball news: Joel Embiid do- dropped seventy. I sat and watched that. I was texting you in the middle of that game. That was a special performance. I did see someone say that it, I saw. I mean, it went viral, so everyone probably saw it. That Embiid is the NBA version of Dak Prescott. He does all this stuff during the regular season, disappears in the playoffs. That was funny to me. And then the Bucks fired the head coach Adrian Griffin, despite the fact that they have a top two team in the East. Uh, they fired the head coach. And the thing that gets me about the firing of the head coach is just follow me here, right? They're replacing him with Doc Rivers. Apparently no. during the in-season tournament, <laughs> the fact you laugh is funny. Uh, apparently during the in-season tournament, when they lost to the Pacers in Vegas in the semifinal round, the Bucs organization went and got Doc Rivers to basically be a mentor to Adrian Griffin as he was coaching the Bucs, a team they thought should win. The defense for the Bucs has fallen apart this season. And it's been falling apart. They haven't, they haven't quite gelled yet. But they're still one of the better teams in the East. But the yeah. thing that gets me is this, right? So the organization goes and gets Doc to come in and mentor Adrian. Then at some point, they decide we're going to fire Adrian and hire Doc. Damn, that seemed like a conflict of interest to me. Don't it though? Like, uh, hey, look, man, I'm just here to help you out. I'm here to help you out, man. He ain't getting it done. Y'all, y'all really need this. This is what y'all need. Y'all need me. You know what? You're right. Here you go. I'm not saying that happened, but I'm not saying that didn't happen. But I'm not saying that happened. <laughs> all right. Um, this isn't going to end well. I, I don't even need to go into detail. We all know why this isn't going to end well. Um, I, the one thing that I'm surprised when we talk about, like, so. All right, here's like all the narratives that I've heard today is like, is Giannis a little bit responsible for this? Should he have protected Bud last year? Um, is he now getting a little bit too demanding, divish, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care about that. Um, players didn't really respect him. Okay, great, blah, blah, blah. The part that I don't understand that's not being talked about is how is whoever was responsible for making this higher not the person that we're looking at and pointing a finger and being like, what were you thinking? Like, how did you not know that within 40 games this was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, he spent, he was a former player, spent many years as an assistant, and you're given a championship level team. 
that is rare. A, that is rare to be handed a championship level team and then to successfully win a championship. That's odd. It's different. Spo did it, but it was a different situation in Miami because Pat Riley was there, the organizational strength, all of those things, the ownership. Keep in mind, there is even new ownership in Milwaukee right now. And the ownership of the Bucs is the same ownership that owns the Browns. So for what it's worth, boom, what you expect. But, yeah, I just – I find that odd. I don't know if Doc is going to win them a title. No, he's not. I don't. I genuinely don't. I don't yeah. It's not going to happen. It's, man, that's just like a lot of pressure, like literally coming in halfway through the season expecting that. Um, Doc's Doc. For anybody who ever tries to make the argument, I had a Celtics fan get at me like, well, he won with the Celtics. Yeah, with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen in their prime when nobody else had a big three really to that degree at that point. Like, how, how, what world do you fuck that? Rondo, too. Like, we, Rondo was top three point guard at that point. Um, it's not going to end well. It's just not going to end well. The East. The only thing they have going for them is outside of the Celtics, like nobody in the East really like, gives senses. me a big concern. They got to make a move. They got to make a trade. It, unless they make a trade, it's not going to happen. With the, the core they have right now, that doesn't scare me enough in a seven-game series. Not a chance. Um, Boston's the only team that can do it, and they could easily do it. Pacers, like we can't ignore that. They meet up in the second round. It's not impossible. The Pacers aren't done making moves. I think they're still making one more move before the trade deadline. Them getting Pascal makes them a much more dangerous team. Um, yeah, man. I don't think Milwaukee's not doing it this year. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to get done either. And then the question will be, well, now you're on the clock because Dame's getting older. Giannis had that three-year extension. He's proven he wants to be here. Now you got to figure out how to win with this bunch. Meanwhile, I think Boston's still going to win it. I think low-key, especially look out West, Minnesota, OKC are the best teams in the West. They're tied with Denver, Denver reigning champions, but Minnesota and OKC are here, but I, they got, they're not playoff tested. So what are they going to do with the playoffs? I don't know. But that gauntlet of the West versus the way Boston's going to run through the East, if Jalen can stay healthy, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, look, we ain't got too much time left. We got so much to talk about. I do want to hit on this Nike Tiger Woods thing, but we might hold off on that because this golf, we can talk about that anytime. Uh, and he's got a new trademark to Sunday Red. We might talk about that next week. Devin Booker, though, shoe release. Actually, you know, before we go to that, Draymond Green, not on USA basketball list. Grant Hill basically saying we don't want that shit around here. That's what Grant Hill said. Talent, and talent wise, we don't really need that. Like, he's just, he ain't what he used to be. No. At all. It's the reason. Even if he's a Boy Scout. Did you know that Draymond Green got a technical after his first NBA basket? Back to the day. No clue. Didn't even pay attention. Uh, Look, other story I do want you to go off on. Devin Booker's shoe came out. No one knows. And Shaquille O'Neal saying, look, man, you might as well come on over to Reebok. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the shoe. It's really interesting. I feel like when I kind of your like, hatred of Devin Booker means you're gonna hate on this show too. No, nah, not at all. He's on my Damn fantasy you basketball team. Damn you, he's on my fantasy basketball team. Doing a great job for me. I wanted to like the shoe. I saw like you know check like the social barometer of how people are feeling about it. A lot of folks that I trust their taste with sneakers like the shoe. To me, it ain't it. It's not it. Nike hasn't done a good job of supporting any Nike basketball shoe really since. You know, Ja, they started putting energy into it, and then Ja did Ja things, and they kind of had to drop out from that. But aside from that, like, 
they don't promote the shit out of KD shoe. Not like they used to since like the four, five, six, seven. Um, it's really just LeBron. That's it. Like, but also, if I'm not mistaken, there's not one basketball vertical that makes money for any major sneaker brand. Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, basketball's a money loser. So I also get why they don't do it. So I'm sure that's where D Book is feeling that is like on Nike's end, like it just doesn't make sense for us to promote the hell out of it. Shaq, though, that's like legendary, like Shaq being petty, doing what Shaq does best. But Reebok basketball, like, they don't even make new shoes anymore, do they? I mean, that's why they went and got Shaq back, AI's back in the fold in a role. So I think they're trying to play off of their history with legendary greats and make a run towards the future. I mean, Puma has basketball shoes. When was the last time you saw anybody wearing Puma basketball shoes? Um, the Mellows are like considered one of the best basketball shoes out there right now. Yeah, he's not. Is he Puma? Yeah, people ain't wearing no Puma basketball shoes. I did tell you though. I I want to get when summer hits in the city. I want some basketball shoes to wear that aren't Jordans. So I was looking at the Anthony Edwards Adidas they dropped. I think I need a better cutaway colorway because the ones that get out now are trash. But give me a better colorway, something simple, all black, black and gray, yeah, gray and black. black and white. Me, yeah, you give me something simple, I probably will cop a pair. Just to wear because, like, I haven't worn basketball shoes like that in the summer in years. And it's time to bring um, it back. Called it in previous episodes. That's the best basketball shoe that's came out all year across every brand. They killed it. I would get that shoe if they did, like, a, a T-Mac edition where it was, like, a black and white, like, alternate. Like, the left shoe, predominantly black, white hits. The right shoe, predominantly white, black hits. Like, that would look really fire with that shoe. I can get down with that one. I don't know if it ever happens. Um, I can get down with that. I'll get you a pair once the summer comes because we forget you was talking a lot of fucking smoke about how you could beat me in basketball sometime. So I'm coming for your neck once the weather opens up in NYC. Hey, jump. Uh, what was that old song? Punks, step up to get beat down. This ain't what you want, bro. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> so look, finesse of the week. We're sticking with sports. I thought about doing something culture related. The rich dad, poor dad guys in the news because apparently he owes $1.3 billion. He's has the rich dad, poor dad guy is $1.3 billion in debt. And anyone who knows that book, it's about like leveraging debt and like how to use it to accrue wealth and all this stuff. And that guy's like, Oh, I don't worry because if I go bankrupt, the bank loses money. So the bank can't afford to go bankrupt. I'm like, that's some real Donald Trump type shit right there to say I can't go broke because the bank's got me, lent me so much money. But the guy also said he doesn't believe in cash. He keeps gold, which I'm with you on the gold bullion. My money ain't right, but when it gets right, I'm going to get some gold. But then he also invests in Wagyu, beef. But eh. um, but our finesse of the week, ugh, NBA news. Shocker. DeAndre Ayton. Many of you may remember he was the number one overall pick by the Phoenix Suns. Drafted ahead of Luka Doncic, drafted ahead of Trey Young. He now plays for the Portland Trailblazers. This month of January, he's averaging 7.7 uh, points per game and six rebounds. And he said this, I got nothing to prove in this league. I'm a max player. I can, I'll can, i continue to be a max player. He got maxed out. Uh, this season, he's averaging 12 points, 10 rebounds. He got maxed out because he was a free agent of Phoenix, did not want to be there. Let it be known he did not want to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Indiana Pacers offered him a contract. And he was just like, yeah, I'm going to accept that. Well, put the fire to the Suns. They had to match it. And so they gave him a super max. 
a four-year, $132 million deal. Damn near $133 million deal for a guy that's averaging seven points in the month of January. And a guy who finesses so hard, he's like, I will always be a max player in this league. I know what I've done, which, to be fair, is nothing. You're that, the week. That's going to be a sliding doors moment for the Indiana Pacers. They're going to be so happy that they never signed him. Bruh. Like, he signed that July of 2022, 20, uh, so coming up on two years ago. $1.33, oh, excuse me, $133 million contract. And the guy says, I got nothing to prove in this league. He hasn't done anything in the league. Yeah, you've been That's in the league. That's why for... you're asked about the Roy Hibbert part, too. I ain't going to disrespect Roy Hibbert. He ain't asked for that straight. At least Roy Hibbert went to an Eastern Conference Finals, back-to-back seasons. Roy Hibbert was an all-star. Hey, Roy, I'm sure you're a great person. I'm a huge fan of the Georgetown Hoyas, but that decline was rough. Well, the NBA changed too, right? Like he couldn't shoot threes. He wasn't. Oh, stop using so, fucking logic to make so an like, excuse for him. I, Just I shit on the guy I, like I am. Make I, I this show entertaining that. again. <laughs> I'm just saying. Compare <laughs> him to DeAndre. DeAndre was supposed to be the face of the Phoenix Suns. It was he and Devin Booker. They were going to be the one two tandem to lead the Suns. And now he is in Portland doing nothing at $32 million a season and saying, I have nothing to prove in this league. Mm. such is life um so look he is the american dream he's from the bahamas but i will say this right now he is the american dream screw finesse of the week he's the american dream of the week i want to get paid a lot of money for underperforming and doing very little but knowing in my head i'm still worthy of all this money yeah as always put people on so they can put their people on we'll see y'all right back again here next week